Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Today on What's the First Pick? Keeping it simple. With a live mock draft version 7.0. I'm Ryan Wilson, that's Rick Spill. And Rick, we're joined by my good buddy Josh Edwards, covers the draft at CBSports.com. And uh, mock draft simulator, we've done this several times before. We're going to do the picks live. Uh, next week, Rick, great news. We get back to regularly schedule with the first pick programming. I will not be in Las Vegas. Uh, I will not have these curtains behind me, Lord willing. And uh, it looks thing. like my shirt. Can you bring one of those curtains home? I can make a shirt out of it, maybe. I was gonna say it's like this, and the shirt Josh has brought some sensibility to the uh, with the first pick dress code. Josh, quickly, how you doing? I haven't seen you in a little bit. Doing well, I'm a little uh, a little confused because I don't know how many days there are until the NFL draft. I'm not used to this setting that you have in the background, so uh, yeah, it sounds like you and Debo had a good time in Las Vegas. Uh, it'll be good to get everybody back together. Yeah, I, I won't talk about Devo's personal life on air, but I mentioned some things that Rick didn't believe. Him. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, we are less than 80 days away from the NFL draft. We'll get the old tote board back up here, Rick, so you can know exactly next week. All right, let's get to it. We're going through the picks. I pick first. I think Josh is second. Then old Rick's on the board, and we'll flip-flop and figure out what happens here. Chicago Bears, we've done this a million times. Our buddy Joe Musso, who's a Bears fan, says he wakes up one morning, and it's Caleb, and he wakes up the next morning, and he wants to sit with Justin. I'm not going to complicate it. I'm taking Caleb. You got a new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron. Luke Getze was rehired in, in Oakland, or now Las Vegas, I suppose. He's right here. Caleb Williams, quarterback. There's no reason to, to overthink this. Uh, I'll just ask you quickly, Josh. Do you have any issue with that? No, I think that's the direction they're going to go. I think it's been headed in that direction since they decided to make a move at the offensive coordinator spot. I don't think you're looking to go into yet another season with Justin Fields and a new offensive coordinator no more clarity on the position. I think this is an opportunity for them to reset uh, both the salary cap and just get another look um, at one of these other quarterbacks. And they're going to be able to get a, a good return on Justin Fields as well. So it's not like if you don't trade this pick, you're not going to be able to get anything in return. They should still be able to get a fairly high uh, draft pick, whether that's day two or possibly late into day one uh, pick for Justin Fields. Rick, can you get a second and a fourth for Justin? Would you do that? Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you're just following the computer since apparently you haven't put a lot of work into this mock draft. So whatever the, uh, s oh, not stimulator, simulator says. <laughs> what is going on? You're, I'm in Vegas, not you. <laughs> no, I'm back at, a, at my disclosed location, my home in Sanibel, so we can talk location. about it. Only thing I'll say is that if they keep, uh, Justin Fields, then that is a significant amount of money they're going to have to pay him on a contract right. extension. But if they go with Caleb, I know last year Bryce Young got $38 million guaranteed for the full four years. So you imagine be 5% increase on, on that number, um, which is still cheaper for four years than what you're going to have to pay Justin Fields for maybe one or two. And 
My question is, if they do a Justin Fields extension and decide to keep him, is it something like uh, Daniel Jones uh, got last year at $80 million four years, or is it even more than that? So it'll be interesting to see. You think it's easy to trade. Uh, no offense to you, Josh, and, and to you, uh, Ryan, but that's difficult because you have to give up draft compensation, but you have to also understand, are you willing to give a contract? You're not going to give away draft picks on a quarterback and not have them locked in for a long term. Would you ever – have you ever, I guess, taken a gamble on a whatever a second round pick on a guy knowing that he is a one year prove it deal, or you you didn't like doing that? Well, that's the that's the philosophy that you have to discuss in the front office and with the owner and with the coach, uh, especially at this position. Okay, all right. Still didn't get an answer. Second to fourth for Justin Fields, but I'll assume you. I, I think you would idea. get more than that. Oh, okay. All right. That's what I was looking for. You were too busy yelling at me and Josh. All right. <laughs> I didn't yell at Josh. I haven't seen Josh. I don't know what the hell he's been doing. But <laughs> I see you and you like in Super Bowl, you're in Vegas, you're everywhere. Drake, I cannot wait to come home. I'll be honest with you. I, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times. I don't think I was built for Vegas. Like Vegas is too much going on. Overstimulated. Um, well, it sounds like it. You'll sound a little nasally today. <laughs> uh, Josh, you're up. You have a second pick? Washington's on the clock. Just for disclosure, oh, uh, apparently you. I am still banned from talking about this pick. So, you Josh, whatever it. you say, do not ask me my opinion because I will get raked over the coals for it if I give an opinion on what the commanders are going to do. Yeah, I just want to say that my personal beliefs do not reflect on the Washington organization either. Uh, they're not paying me for that opinion, so I'd just like to clear that up right off the gates. Uh, but with the number two overall selection, I will be taking North Carolina quarterback Drake May. It kind of flip-flops for me on a weekly basis, basis between him and LSU's Jaden Daniels, but I think Drake May just has a little bit more upside at the position, um, somebody that's going to be able to give that organization a clean slate at the quarterback position. All right, Rick, I won't ask you about. I can give my personal opinion by no reflection will it have any uh, bearing on what direction the Washington commanders are going to go. Okay. So, um, but we'll move on to my pick. Since This I'm, would have actually uh, been the, the perfect place to take Spencer Rattler for, for Washington because <laughs> then Rick, you know, he doesn't have a rebuttal here. Uh, it would have been a perfect transition. Yeah, to yeah give Ryan the number two pick, and then I can't say anything. Yeah, if you take a Spencer Rattler, uh, Josh, Rick's head would have exploded. We could have been to the podcast. So, <laughs> lesson learned. All right, Rick, you're finally on the clock here. You have the third pick. You're the New England Patriots. They hired Alex Van Pelt. They have Gerard Mayo as the new head coach. They desperately need a quarterback. Any idea, any thoughts about taking Marvin here? Well, you have to remember that this can change once free agency hits and once uh, what if they trade for a quarterback or they go out and sign a veteran quarterback. And that can change because I am having a very difficult time passing up on a future Hall of Famer, in my opinion, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, who is the safest, most talented player in this draft that has the least amount of holes. So, But assuming that they do not do anything via trade or go out and sign anyone in free agency as of today, you have to take Jaden Daniels because they can't go on with where they're at right now at the quarterback position. So, um, but God, this one was hard for me uh, because <laughs> it's tough, tough, tough to pass up 
uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. So I just threw uh, you, Ryan, who has the next pick, uh, the gift of the century. Oh, my gosh. We all just let out a huge sigh of relief. I'm not getting fired yet as the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. Don't worry. Me and my role as a scout in the corner, uh, I'll try to accomplish that as quickly as But this one you, I couldn't do. A lot of scouts in the corner here uh, in Las Vegas this week, so I have to keep my head on a swivel. Uh, I'm taking Marvin Harrison Jr. This is, I mean, there's no question about it. Kyler's the guy. I would have taken an offensive lineman here otherwise. Ain't got to worry about that. Come on down, Marvin Harrison Jr. We need playmakers. Now we have one. Next up, Josh, you got the Chargers. Now it becomes very, very interesting. <laughs> What's going on? Let's go scout in the corner on the other side of the room. So with the number five overall selection, I'm going to take uh, Georgia tight end Brock Bowers. What? Um, yeah, I mean, Jim Harbaugh's passed with the tight end position. I think this is an area where they could possibly look to address that position, especially when you're talking about Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, their contract situations going into this offseason. Los Angeles, they're like $50 million in salary cap debt at this point, so they're going to have to shed some salary cap space. I think bringing in a guy like Brock Bowers uh, is going to negate some of that loss a little bit um, where they otherwise would have seen, you know, Quentin Johnston, Josh Palmer, some of those guys getting some some very significant reps. Hey, Rick, what's your conversation like Malik Neighbors versus Brock Bowers if we're not even talking about offensive line here? Yeah, no, I – the only thing is Brock Bowers, Bowers is another unique talent that can fill the gap of a slot receiver slash multiple roles. There's no question about his playmaking ability. But with Jim Harbaugh taking over as a head coach, and you know he's hired Greg Roman, I guess, Josh, my question to you, are you envisioning him as like a Mark Andrews in this offense? Uh, because Greg Roman is known that he wants to run the ball um, but do you lean more towards an offensive lineman, which they can definitely use help there, especially at the right tackle position, or you got two pretty good tackles up up on the uh, up there right now? Or I can understand. I guess I'm trying to get to your thought process. Is if you have Jim Harbaugh and Greg Roman as your offensive coordinator, I guess that's my explanation of why you would do Bowers here, even though I'm a huge Bowers fan. Yeah, I think that would certainly be a consideration. Even when you look at the teams that excel in this league, they typically have two, three former first-round picks on the offensive line. Los Angeles has two. Adding a third certainly makes sense. When you look at Greg Roman, when you look at Jim Harbaugh and their past, whether that be at Michigan or Stanford or Baltimore, they have leaned into the run game. But I think now, in today's game, being able to stretch it out a little bit where you stretch where you can bootleg into, you know, a Brock Bowers on the backside, that kind of thing has to be intriguing. I think having that that flexibility, that option to, um, you know, be able to give defenses some different looks is something that they should consider here. Like I said, when you're losing potentially the type of skill talent that they have, um, you have to be able to find other ways to bring in some insurance in the event that that does happen. So for me, I think Brock Bowers is somebody that, is obviously not an offensive tackle. He's going to be able to help in the run game a little bit, even though that's not his forte, but somebody that's also going to be able to help keep defenses honest and still support that run game. Hey, Rick, when you're in that division with Patrick Mahomes, are you doing the math? I got to score more points with offense like Brock Bowers. I got to score more points by protecting Justin Herbert with an offensive lineman. 
Uh, you're going to have to put up points, but you want to play better defense, especially going against Patrick Mahomes. But Kansas City, uh, you, you would say during the season, was not an elite offense. That's true. So, but when Patrick Mahomes, when the everything is on the line, when he got in the playoffs, he just took it to another level. Um, but I would say this, that you, you, you know, you're going to have to play good defense too, to, you don't want to get a shootout every week. You ought to be able to play a lot better defense than, than the chargers did. Well, the good news is I don't think they can play worse defense. So they, they got that going for them. All right, Rick, you're up New York giants picking at number six here. What are you doing? Uh, leaned a little towards offensive line, but I can't not go with another playmaker to me, ah. the number two receiver off the board. Uh, Malik Neighbors, by far, is, you know, Hyatt was a little bit of a flash in the pan last year. We talked to about him as a one-year wonder. They really don't have any. And if you want to give uh, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, an opportunity, you got to get some more weapons around him. So to me, he is the next most explosive playmaker in this draft besides uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. So, and he gives them speed. Uh, it gives him big playability down the field on a consistent basis. So I don't think Hyatt does that yet. But now if Hyatt can come along and you got neighbors, you got two pretty explosive playmakers at the receiver position, which you need in today's game. All right. I get it. Uh, I think it's a similar thought process with the next pick. Tennessee Titans are on the board at number seven. And, uh, again, this is pretty easy for me. I'm taking Olaf Oshnew, put him next to last year's first-round pick, Peter Skaronsky left tackle, left guard, done and done. Protect Will Levis, the future of the franchise, new coach, Brian Callahan, new offensive line coach. Hey, let me ask this, Rick, would there ever be any consideration about not letting uh, Brian Callahan's dad come coach with him because it's a lateral move if you're the GM of the Browns? Would you ever say no if you're not doing that? Uh, if you want to be a total arsehole, you could. <laughs> <laughs> and you know Kevin Stefanski. So um, is that Kevin's call or is that the GM's call? Or the owner? No, it's got to be uh, ownership and Kevin's call, I would okay. say. All right. So that's great. Bill and, and uh, Brian will be back together coaching up. Uh, Brian's first job as head coach, and Bill's been offensive line coach forever. But uh, Olafosh knew there. All right. Are you up, Josh? You have number eight? Yes, you do. All right, the Falcons. New coach Raheem Morris. They need a quarterback. They need help on, on both sides of the ball. They don't need any help at the skill position player. What are you doing? Well, I think this could possibly be one of those potential Justin Fields landing spots. Um, mm -hmm. They've gone the rookie quarterback, young quarterback route over the past couple of years. They've got some young skill talent, a good offensive line. The defense still needs some improvement here. So I'm going to go with Dallas Turner the edge rusher from Alabama. I think this is a team that's probably looking in the veteran quarterback market as opposed to throwing another young quarterback out there. So for me, I'm going to look at the other side of the ball, get a pass rusher that's going to be able to impact uh, what the other team is trying to do on Sundays. All right. Uh, I'm Clearly, Rick, Josh watches the podcast because he went with Dallas Turner, so he wouldn't have to hear any pushback if it were Latu or, or Jared Burr. So credit to, to Josh for that. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? you okay with that? Yeah, no, that's a that's a no-brainer to me. They need another edge pass rusher, and to me, he's the uh, probably safest pass rusher. I don't know with Latou and the injuries, uh, which could come into consideration there, uh, but I would definitely go with Dallas Turner, who I think is uh, an explosive edge rusher. All right, you know, we've talked about this 
Bears picking number one to death already, and whether it's Caleb Williams or if they try to trade down and get Marvin Harrison Jr. and then get a, a defensive end edge rusher with their next pick at number nine. I took Caleb one. Rick, you, I've been fired between picks one and nine. You have now been hired as the GM of the Bears. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm going. I have to get more playmakers, whether it's Caleb or Justin, around him. And to me, this is a no-brainer as well. So Roma Dunze is my pick uh, to go around with DJ Moore. Now you have two. I think elite type receivers uh, to whatever, whoever that quarterback is to continue to build that offense. All right. Next up, the Jets at number 10. Uh, they could use wide receiver help. Top, uh, top three wide receivers are already gone. Brock Bowers is gone. So Aaron Rodgers is coming back. We'll see what four-year-old repair to Achilles looks like for Aaron Rodgers in terms of how sustainable that is. But to help him do that, I'm taking Joe Walt. Uh, left tackle out of Notre Dame. We'll see if he plays on the left or right side once he gets to New York, once we sort out who's healthy and who's coming back. But uh, Joe Alt is a pretty easy pick. Uh, last week there was some buzz, Rick, that uh, Joe Douglas, the GM of the Jets, is high on Fuaga, who we saw there out of Oregon State, who had a good week. Would you be shocked if Fuaga went ahead of, say, Alt, for example, if he's here? I would because they need a left tackle. Um, I don't know how you can pass up a left tackle. Fuaga. Uh, I think is projected to potentially go inside a guard uh, or right tackle, but how can you pass up uh, to me a, a very safe, uh, legitimate, you know, stay healthy 10 year starter in a league at left tackle. This is a no brainer. All right. I think Tebow's internet might be lagging, so we'll wait on that, but um, there it is. Tebow's trying, <laughs> trying to hit the button on Joe. We got it. All right, Debo, hit the commercial button. When we come back, we'll get to pick 11 here. And who's on the clock at 11? Josh is on the clock at pick 11. We'll talk about that and what the Minnesota Vikings are going to do right after this. All right, Josh, picks 1 through 10 are in the book. Pick 11 is up. The Minnesota Vikings. What are you doing? Well, first and foremost, they have a very big decision to make this offseason with the future of Kirk Cousins. Um, that is going to ultimately determine what they do, what what course this franchise is on over the next couple of years. I happen to think that they will have a hard time finding a better option than Kirk Cousins for this upcoming season, even coming off the significant injury that he suffered this past year. Uh, Marcus Davenport, Daniil Hunter, both potentially entering free agency. So for me, I'm looking at that defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with Jared Verse, the pass rusher from Florida State. Um, he doesn't carry the same medical concerns as Leatu Latu. I'm, I'm not privileged enough to know what those medical reports look like. So for me, Jared Verse is a little bit safer and somebody that I'm going to take to uh, reshape that defensive front. Hey, Rick, I'm going to ask you a question. So squeeze the squeeze ball extra tight on uh, HQ on Monday. Producer Noah had me do one of these mock drafts. And at pick 11 here, my CB1 to the Minnesota Vikings was Quinion Mitchell. What do you think of that? Uh, no, he had a great senior bowl. So I think the story will be told as we go through this pre-draft process. But he definitely, I think, opened enough eyes down there uh, to have him in consideration as uh, talk about CB1 off the board. 11 wouldn't be too high for you, just generally speaking, at this point in the process? Mm, uh, you know, I think it's – you know, the guy that I didn't know was completely ready yet, but he'll go in the first round here. Uh, Terion Arnold, who I think yeah. has the most upside and the most athletic. 
just still a little raw. But the way he finished the season, I think he had four interceptions since coming out of that bye against Tennessee. Uh, so uh, he is a very talented receiver or uh, corner. So I think it's going to come down between those two, in my opinion. Okay. All right. So a little preview there. Next up, Denver Broncos. Rick, you are the GM. Uh, what are we doing? Mm. Can I throw? Am I, are we ready to like get this kind of party started a little bit? It's kind of been boring through the first ten picks. Spice it up. What do you got? I am going to go with JJ McCarthy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. Let Let me start Lord. here. Why Sean Payton doesn't do rookie quarterbacks? So start there. I, I'm just saying, I think if what I don't know where Russell is going to be back or not. Stidham played okay. They need to get another quarterback. I know he didn't play in a pro style offense, didn't have the gaudy numbers, but he's a winner. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that JJ McCarthy goes after we get through this pre draft process before any of the other quarterbacks. All right, Josh. Josh has been on the JJ train back and going back to the fall. So, Josh, you, you like this? I do. One thing that Sean Payton does like is consistency. Uh, we've obviously seen that from J.J. McCarthy, one of the higher completion percentages across college football the past couple of years. He's a proven winner at this point. I believe the second highest win percentage of any college quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I think this is somebody that is going to appeal to Sean Payton. He may not have the type of uh, season that a Jaden Daniels had this past year, but I think he's somebody that Payton can feel confident in moving forward. All right. Look at that. J.J. McCarthy turning the corner. Next up, Las Vegas Raiders. Home of Ryan Wilson for another few hours. I'm going to make keep spicing it up here, Rick. I'm not taking a quarterback, even though we need a quarterback. I'm going to take Byron Young II, the defensive lineman out of Texas. What are you making a face for? I, I, was, hope, I was hoping he would slide. <laughs> <laughs> Murphy. Oh, so, oh who did I say? Byron Young? Yeah, I don't know who Brian Young is. He came out a couple years ago, but wh whatever. Right? I understand you've been on the road for two <laughs> weeks. You sound like you've uh, been up all night with your nasally nose today. Yeah. Byron yeah. Murphy the second. I called him Byron Young for months now. I, when we meet him in person, I should probably make a point not to do that. Um, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. He's probably 5'11", though, Rick, if my, if my math is correct when I say oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're great at uh, <laughs> estimating heights when guys, you know, hit their head on the ceiling in the uh, convention center. Oh, yeah. You got to be at least 6'2", 6'3". Byron Murphy II uh, had a great season for uh, Texas. We saw his teammate, uh, 340-pound Tavondre Sweat, at the Senior Bowl, a different type of player who probably ends up going in day two. But I think he gives them a little juice inside. You got Max Crosby, Malcolm um, Pooch. You got some things you can work with here. All right. Things are getting spicy. Next up, Josh, you have the 14th pick, which is the New Orleans Saints. The Saints, for me, have been one of the more difficult teams to project in the first round just because – there's not a whole lot of glaring needs, and the ones that they do have don't really align with the prospects that are typically available in this range or at least deserving of consideration. Uh, so for me, I'm going to go with UCLA pass rusher Leatu Latu. New Orleans has always valued uh, a little bit of a rotation at the edge rusher position. You've got Carl Granderson, who had a good year but was dealing with an injury. You've got Cam Jordan. Uh, Leatu Latu is, is somebody that can give them uh, some hope 
at the position for the future. I like it. And I like the idea of pairing him with um, Brian Brzee, who I wasn't necessarily high on last year, but he was working through some things and he flashed. We talked about a lot in the fall. So him on the inside and then you had a lot too on the outside. Uh, Rick, I'm sure the medicals are going to be a concern there, but if he's healthy. Watch out. All right. Next up, Indianapolis Colts 15. Mr. Spielman, what are you doing? No, this is a no brainer. Uh, they need corner help right off the bat. Um, so I'm going to go with Terry on Arnold. Like I said, he and, and Quinya Mitchell are the one a one B's on how this all. So I think he has the most upside, the most athleticism, a great kid, uh, fine young man, as you'd like to say, Ryan, uh, spending yes. some time with him. And, uh, I think he's going to be a really, really good pro. He's just not even touched, uh, the ceiling of where he can be. Uh, and I think once he gets to the NFL, he's going to really take off. All right. I, I'm not going to argue with that. And the mock draft that I did for HK Monday, I had Terry and Arnold right there where you pencil him in. So it's great that we're thinking exactly like that must make you feel incredibly happy. All right. Sales on the clock. <laughs> I'm going to be on the defensive line train here. They're losing some guys. Well, some guys are free agents. So that happens. Leonard Williams, Mario Edwards. Uh, they have a few guys on the inside that uh, provide depth in the interior defensive line. There, because even knows what's up. Johnny Newton out of Illinois. I have him going behind Byron Murphy the second. Is that plausible, Rick? Because we haven't talked about Johnny Newton because we haven't seen him in person, but he was really good in the ball. Yeah, no, he is a uh, pretty – he is very solid across the board in everything he does versus the run, plays with high energy, he can rush the passer inside. Uh, not unique, but a very good football player that's a three-down nose tackle. Okay. Thought you were gonna, I thought you had another thought there. Okay. No, I like it. All right. Next up. Pick 17. And this is the Pete Prisco Memorial pick. Goes to Josh Edwards. What are you doing for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Consistently, I have said that I want Jacksonville to take some offensive talent here, whether that's the offensive line, whether that's the skill talent, because this is a very important year for Trevor Lawrence and that Jaguars organization. Falling short of this year is simply unacceptable. Um, so for me, I I value Quinion Mitchell more um, as a player. So I'm going to go in that direction here with the Jacksonville Jaguars pick. I think he's got the height. He's got the weight. He's fast. He's got the production. Uh, the only concern is the level of competition that he's faced throughout his career. But you saw what he was able to do in, at the Senior Bowl this past week. This is a guy that checks all the boxes for me. Um, I think he's only going to continue to rise throughout this process. Yep. No, I think that's right. Rick, you froze for a little bit. You quit talking so quickly. I thought something happened and then you were frozen on our screen. I thought we weekend at Bernie's was happening in real time. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. No, I just saw a bunch of spinning wheels. It was amazing. <laughs> what uh, happened? Right. Are we on the clock yet? <laughs> <laughs> so Josh took Quinion uh, Mitchell. Bebo also, I think, was in the freezer. I think we're all good there. There we go. All right. Now we're catching up. The old internet, the tricky thing. Next up is the 18th pick. And Rick, here Duke Tobin picking for the old Cincinnati Bengals here. Pick 18. What do you like? I could lean towards another corner here. I could lean towards a receiver because of uh, Higgins coming up uh, and Boyd coming up for them. Uh, so I can see them going receiver here. But uh, 
they continue to try to spend money on the offensive line, haven't had any solutions. So I'm going to go with J.C. Latham. Oh, I love it. I was going to uh, bring him in a big tackle, come by and swing back and get my receivers um, later because I think there's a lot of depth in the receiver class. I think the he was the next tackle for me, and he's still sitting there. I think it's a no-brainer uh, to help the offensive line. He's a day-one plug-and-play right tackle for him, starter. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. Next up, Los Angeles Rams, pick 19. I'm going to get crazy here. We're doing saucy stuff. Let's do something else saucy. And, Rick, I, I think you'll appreciate this pick because you didn't quit talking about this fine young man last week in Mobile. I'm taking offensive lineman Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon. Oh, Rams. Look at Rick's face. I got him. I got him, Josh. I'm just crushing him with my picks right ahead of him. <laughs> Are you happy about that, Rick? Yeah, don't touch my guys. <laughs> hey, this Josh. is when I would throw my squeeze ball against the wall during the draft when some idiot and moron would take one of the guys that we coveted. <laughs> idiot and moron. Josh, did you like uh, Jackson Powers Johnson coming into last week? Yeah, I mean, he definitely grew on me throughout the process. I think he's just a really consistent player, somebody that's got a really sturdy base um, to play along the interior. So I think it's a solid pick here for um, the Rams here in the first round. Yeah, so uh, Debo's having fun here. Browns fan Josh gets to pick for my Steelers here at pick 20. Uh, give me the – are you going to – let's see. Let's see. Who's the – I don't want to call out anyone as the worst player in the, in the draft, but are you going to pick that player for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, in the bottom right there, it's it's the long snapper position. Um, some really good ones in this year's draft class. Devo clicked on it. <laughs> William, yeah, William Moe from Georgia. A lot, a lot of good options <laughs> at the long snapper position. Um, no. Josh, one second. Marcus Ortiz out of Nebraska is the 813th prospect, the long snapper there. So you could give him a shout out to, Mar- to Marco. Uh, Devo with the joke. Sorry, go ahead. I'm trying not to get fired, so I'm going to take uh, Oregon State offensive tackle Talise Fuaga here to to play on the right side. He's played right tackle. Broderick Jones played right tackle for the Steelers this past year, but he has experience playing left tackle at Georgia, so I'm putting Jones back on the left side. Fuaga, right tackle. Uh, I think this is a scenario where Pittsburgh's probably going to lean on the run game as they have throughout their history. Uh, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, I think they're going to be very happy with this pick. So Rick is going to pick pick 21 after we take a break here, but we just uh, took two great offensive linemen that he was probably eyeballing. So I'll be interested to see what he does when he picks up the squeeze ball from across the room uh, <laughs> right after this. All right, Rick, as you like to say, things just got very interesting. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson, Felicia Fawaga, gone, gone. You're the Dolphins at 21. What are you doing? Is Jackson Powers Johnson still on the board? <laughs> if you have a time machine, he is. <laughs> All right, so you you got me here. You got me there. Uh, So uh, I do like this guy. I think he'll be projected from left tackle to inside guard or center. So Uh, I have to go with, and I like him. He just, even though he wears shorts when he plays, uh, Troy (laughs) Fatana, Fatanu from uh, Washington. I thought you were going to say Graham Barton. Uh, you, I was close. Or... I was, yeah, I was at, I think this guy's just a little more athletic. Uh, and so, and a really good player. So I'm going to go 
with uh, him, and he can get me out at left tackle if I need it. If I needed someone to get me out out of that, you know, I don't know what Armstead's going to do. If he's going to uh, retire or not, but let's say he does retire, uh, you need an offensive lineman. Can you start taking a swing at a Guyton or somebody like that at this point? Um, but right now, with not knowing what he's going to do, if he's going to retire or not, I'm going with uh, Fatanu. Would you, assuming this is real life and you lost out on Jackson Powers Johnson and Puaga, would you think about trading down when you start calling people at that point? No, because I still think that I just got to know what I'm going to do at left tackle and okay. how, how much I f- can Guyton go over and play on the left side. Uh, this guy right. played left tackle, even though he may not have the arm length, but is he an exception to the role? Are we projecting him inside where they definitely need some help in there as well? But they have to address this offensive line. Uh, pick 22 is on the board here. Philadelphia Eagles, that's Debo's team. Debo, let's go back to the long snappers. Let me uh, <laughs> solve this right quick. So in the mock draft I did on Monday for HQ, I had Keon Coleman going here, but I see their cornerbacks. Literally. How would you Who'd you do this mock draft with on Monday yourself? They only have two. They only have. Two, <laughs> they only have two receivers. Uh, I don't know how Debo felt about that pick, but I'm. Well, I, that's I'm not just. Yeah, I disagree with that 100. percent That's not the first time. That's why I'm going to go in a different direction here. I'm going to get a versatile defensive player. I'm going with Cooper DeGene. Cornerback. There's talk of him playing safety for reasons that I consider to be physical. <laughs> I'm playing him at cornerback. He has returnability. Cooper DeGene, done and done. All right. Next up, pick 23, Houston Texans. Josh, you are Nick Cesario. Nick, what's Nick's last name? Cesario? What is it? No. What's the GM's name? Cesario. Oh, I, I had it right. Okay, well, I was... I, thought I was misspeaking. All right, go ahead. Houston is another team that's uh, difficult to project, especially in this range. Defensive tackle is a position that I, I would have considered here if you had not already taken uh, Johnny Newton. Um, I'm going to stay on the defensive line. However, I'm going to take Chop Robinson from Penn State. Uh, I know they've got John Grenard. I know they've got Will Anderson Jr., but Coming from San Francisco, D'Amico Ryans is used to having a wealth of pass rush talent at his disposal. And I think bringing in a guy like Chop Robinson, who is still a little unrefined, has some work to do in his own game, uh, is somebody that's going to be able to provide a little bit of that depth here for a rising Texans team. I like it. And uh, Rick, we haven't talked a lot about Chop since the fall. He is expected to uh, test through the roof. And we say every two weeks or so, Let's make sure we don't get caught up on the measurables based on the things we saw last year with those draft prospects. Are we going to get caught up on the measurables when he runs a 4-3-4? No, we're not going to get caught up. But uh, Witch McCall from Philly ran a 4-3-something and didn't see the field this year. Kid from Georgia. Uh, last. Ringo, Ringo? No. The, the Roland Smith. Roland Smith. Oh, no, Roland oh right. Smith. Nolan Smith did too, yeah. Debo, the Debo had Nolan's name on the tip of his tongue. He can't wait to tell you that one. All right. You're Jerry Jones. You're the Jerry Jones' podcast, Rick, so it makes sense that you're Jerry Jones picking for him in real life. Who are you going to do for the Cowboys? Yeah. No, I I was thinking potentially corner here. I know Gilmore's getting old. I know Bland had a outstanding year, but uh, I don't know uh, which if the Smith 
the left tackle is going to retire. He's been banged up. Can you move the guard Smith out to left tackle and potentially take a guard here? Or do you take one of these tackles? I think they need to refresh that offensive line. So I'm going to stick to the offensive line right now. I had a tough time between Guyton and Mims. Uh, the only reason I'm going to go with Guyton here is because I just seen him down at the senior bowl and he had a pretty good senior bowl. Mims may pass him as we go through this pre-draft process, uh, but right now I'm going to give him Guyton. And you talked about it. He struggled to stay healthy this year, Mims did. So Guyton played. Yeah. Well, he started the what? He started the last game of the playoffs, and he played well. And then this year, we we barely saw him. All right, next up, the Green Bay Packers. They appear to be in pretty good shape. They have so many young players. They're going to be getting a little more cap space relief, I think, as the Aaron Rodgers deal uh, gets uh, further in the rear view. They have a lot of guys coming up for contracts in the secondary. And I got the guy that I loved in the summer and liked a lot in the fall still sitting there. I'm taking Clemson cornerback Nate Wiggins. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this has been a really successful podcast for me so far, Rick. <laughs> yeah, no, you just you just follow what the pewter tells you to do. <laughs> oh, I thought you wanted Nate Wiggins. I thought that's why you're making oh, that face. I did it. No, I'm just like, look, okay, well, that's the number one guy on the board. It says that's what the pewter says. Let's do him. I, I told you. I gave you my reason. They have a bunch of guys going to be out of contract. They need some help in the secondary. You saw how that, that defense played. You need to get home and get some sleep. That I don't disagree with. <laughs> I need you to send me some of your first-class points. I'm not sitting in the back in the red eye, but I don't think that's going to happen either. <laughs> All right, Josh, you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know what you're doing with Baker Mayfield, but you got the pick here. It sounds like they're going to move forward with Baker Mayfield, especially since they hired his offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, uh, with the Rams. Um, so with that, with that in mind – the offensive guard position is already an area that probably needed to be addressed this offseason. Ryan Jensen announced his retirement. I think you have to look at the interior offensive line in Tampa Bay. And for me, Dukes, Graham Barton, somebody that has played left tackle but has the flexibility to play up and down the line is somebody that I'm going to take here for the Buccaneers. Hey, uh, Devo, can we just get a, a cut up of Rick reacting to us taking his draft picks? And we'll just play that on the loop because that's, that's been the most entertaining part of this podcast. <laughs> All right, Rick, you're, I mean, you're great. You have Marvin Harrison Jr. Once again, as the, as the general manager, I've gotten fired between my first pick and the, and the subsequent pick. You're up at pick 27. Marvin Harrison Jr. went to the Cardinals at number four. You're picking again for the Cardinals. Yeah, I wanted to try to get a pass rusher. I don't know if I'm enthralled with anyone going forward from here. I don't want to reach on uh, Darius Robinson yet, although I think I really, uh, the way he played, I think he and Trice is still there. Uh, and then I was like, uh, corner, I know I need corners as well. So you got Kool-Aid sitting there and you got Robinson, and you have, ooh, boy. Uh, how much time do I have left? Yeah, we're, we're this, the podcast is moving along, so you can take a, take a couple seconds if you need it. Okay, I am going to go with, they did offense. I'm going with Trice. I'm going to say oh. Trice oh. over Robinson. So I know he... he Plays his rear end off. He's a little tight coming around the edge. Uh, but 
his energy and effort, the way he played against Texas, uh, he kind of took over that game. I understand some of the concerns with him, but I need to get better on defense. I need to get better pressure on a defensive side of the ball. Uh, Jonathan Gannon's a defensive coach. Okay, I got my Hall of Fame receiver. Let me get something to help our defense, and I would go with Trice. Okay, I like it. I like it. All right, next up, Buffalo Bills, pick 28. Uh, I'm on the clock for the Bills. Dane Jackson's out of contract as we sit here. They got a lot of guys on the defense side of the ball that are going to be out of contract. But, Debo, hit the wide receiver button because Bills fans have been clamoring for wide receiver help. And I'm going to do like Mike McDonald did in his introductory press conference where he said, I'm here to cater to the fans. So I'm going to take a – I took a Twitter poll. They want a wide receiver. They're going to get a wide receiver. So now the question becomes, do I want Brian Johnson Jr. or do I want Keon Coleman? Scroll down a little bit more, Debo. Let's see who else we got. Adonai Mitchell. Oh, my gosh. I was a little yeah. glad. But yeah, don't even up. look down there yet. All right. All right. Let's go to the top, Debo. I think I'm going to go. Oh, boy. I'm taking Brian Thomas Jr. Of course you are. It's right. It's like the next guy on the board. That's what the p- Peter told me. Uh, <laughs> Keon Coleman. I, I love Keon Coleman. He does have some turnability. I, I do wonder just about the sort of midseason slump. It probably won't mean anything, but for the purposes of our conversation here, I'm taking deep threat for Brian Thomas Jr. Have to make sure Stephon Diggs is happy, get him back there, and then finally find a way to win the big game once you get to it. All right. The Detroit Lions, pick 29. Rick got fired, so they hired Josh to make the pick for the Detroit Lions here. What are you doing, Josh? Yeah, I'm pretty happy because my my uh, first selection has been available pretty much every choice so far. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, honestly. Um, but for me, I'm going to take Kool-Aid McKinstry, the cornerback from Alabama. Coming in with Brian Branch a year ago, um, somebody that is simply a better football player than maybe he will test. Those guys are going to be able to speak the same language in that Detroit secondary, both coming from Alabama. I think Branch will be able to help McKinstry's transition to the NFL. So I like that pairing, but I like getting stronger on this Detroit defense as well. All right, Rick. I don't know if uh, you Kool-Aid was on your radar for the Ravens here at pick 30. You can go in any number of directions here. I don't know if there's a ton of needs for this Ravens team. No, I was leaning defense, but uh, no one, the offense, OBJ, you know, you hit on Flowers, uh, you know, Andrews, you got Likely. I don't know if any of the other receivers have really stepped up. Uh, I could I could go a lot of different directions here, but I'm probably going to go with Coleman. Uh, I just uh, need another got playmaker. Me. On, uh, on on the offensive side of the ball to go along with, uh, with Zay Flowers. So you got me. That you, you reversed uh, you reversed it on me. That was that's who I wanted next because I'm okay. the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, who's at the top of the list? I guess I have to take that part. Hit the wide receiver button again, please, Debo. Let me see who's left. I might do another wild card here. Uh, don't even look at these guys in the first round, please. Scroll down a little bit. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, Xavier Leggett's there. Tess Walker, that's where we stop. We don't go any further than Tess Walker. All right. Um, hit the hit the main button again, too, Debo. Uh, offensive line is also a, a, a possibility here. Ugh, so, Jordan, Morgan, or do I want a Marius Mims? So, I trust a Marius Mims. Rick, I'm going to call you as uh, someone who's a GM on another team. I need your advice before I hit the button. Should I take a Mary's Mims here or should I go with a white? Oh, oh, okay. Never mind. You know what, Debo? 
Patrick Paul, Houston. Done. Take him. I'm yes. out. Don't do that to yourself. Why? He he's a good player. And yeah, I, I think you you <laughs> you turned the corner on him a little bit. Not as much as Spencer Rattler, but I think you turned the corner on him at the senior bowl. Is that true or no? Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, like maybe move him up a little bit in the third round or bottom of the second. But my God, what are you doing with your life? Uh, I feel quite comfortable with uh, putting him here. And he's healthy. He'll play. Yeah, hopefully, Amarius can stay healthy. But for now, I don't know if that's true. All right. We're at the end of this thing. Josh, you get the final pick here. You are the San Francisco 49ers. I started to sweat a little bit there when you uh, were mentioning Amarius Mims because that's the direction I'm going to go here with the number 32 overall selection. I think he has a talent that is uh, you know, worthy of being considered earlier in the first round. Obviously, his availability is going to be a question for any team this year. The medical reports are going to be important in, in Indianapolis, but this San Francisco team, they need to reinvest in that offensive line. You've got Trent Williams, but Mike McGlinchey is gone. Let's put some more draft picks along that offensive line. And for me, Amarius Mims was the best available. So quickly, that's it. We're in the books here with the draft. There was four quarterbacks, none taken after. You took J.J. McCarthy at pick 12, Rick. No Michael Penix Jr., no Bo Nix. So that was that was uh, very interesting to, to quote Rick Stone once again. Uh, Rick, quickly, grade my draft. <laughs> uh, whatever the pewter says, why don't you have the pewter graded? Because that's all you took was whoever was on top of the list on the pewter. <laughs> I thought that's how they did it in real life. Don't you guys just hit the, hit the yeah, button? yeah. No, we just spent you know millions of dollars trying to put a draft board together when it's very easy to just use Debo's uh, draft simulator and just take whoever pops up there. You had invested millions of dollars, and we invested forty-five cents in a cardboard box that tells us how many days are to look. That's why we are hitting the pewter button. All right, that's it. That's it from Las Vegas for me. Next week, I'll be back in the home studio, ready to do that. Thanks to Josh for joining us. Hey, Debo, when are we starting these three days, or three weeks, I should call them, when are we going to expand the podcast schedule? Uh, combine week. Oh, gosh, that's coming in a few weeks. So Rick and I will be there. Josh will be there. Might even have a producer Debo appearance. So look for that stuff. But in the meantime, thank you guys for watching and commenting and liking and uh thanks to people boost and thanks to josh for joining us thanks to my guy rick we'll see you guys next week <laughs>